1: Going to the Iris Network's hotline this morning. Talking to my guy, Dane Bradshaw, ESPN. When you want to watch somebody, do it the right way. You watch SEC Network. You watch SEC Hoops with Dane Bradshaw. Always repping Tennessee. Always doing a great job. And it seems like every year, man, just getting better and better and better. Uh, Dane, good morning, my friend. Thank you for joining us.
2: Appreciate you, Swain. Between you and my parents' feedback... I really feel like I'm on top of the world as an
3: analyst. So I'm sure
2: there's no bias whatsoever.
1: Hey man, we are we are your best hype man and lady. We we're gonna hype you um, <laughs> like like no one else, my friend. So don't even worry about that, man. We're gonna make you feel like you bigger and better than than freaking the great John Matt. That's how much <laughs> we love you, man, around here in Knoxville. <laughs> I know you do. I appreciate it. Thing uh, first, man. First. Are you a Memphis Grizzlies guy? Are you about that grit and grind life? Because what they doing over there, man, is remarkable with John Morant.
2: Yeah, you know, I am. Um, now, if I just – I'd be lying if I said I watch all their games. I tune in every night. But, obviously, being from Memphis, I cheer for them. You know, when I grew up as a kid, I was always like, man, I want Memphis to have an NBA team. Please get an NBA team. That was the thing I disliked the most about growing up in Memphis because I loved the NBA. And so they, they came in really when I was around in high school and, uh, you know, the the, the startup kind of deal with and Wright, Shane Battier, some of those guys. So it, it was fun, but, you know, it's not like, you know, when, when you're 10, 11 years old, you just obsessed over it. So um, I, I hate that I missed out on that, but I'm thrilled for all the young kids and the fans of Memphis because Memphis is such an awesome basketball town. I mean, it, some a reporter said, in an article recently, you know, across the South, Memphis is kind of the one place in the South that's dominated by football, where a sports radio station can survive talking hoops twenty four seven, and the Grizzlies are a big reason for that.
1: For sure, man, for sure. Uh, we got Ben McKee on Zoom. I'm, I'm right here in the studio, and, and and Dane, let me just ask you the question that everybody wants to to know: uh, This basketball team is is good. You know, this basketball program has been really good consistently over the last couple of years. It's about getting over that hump. It's about being the best team in the SEC. It's about getting past the first weekend. It's about really going and and getting to the Elite Eight, Sweet 16, Final Four. And right now, offensively, this team does not look good enough to be able to do that. Defensively, one of the best teams in the country. But when when the fans are watching the game, it feels seems like there's some some confidence that's lacking offensively with some of our players not even taking shots not even playing their game do you see that day
2: uh, yes I do think it's a majority of their issues offensively is, is mental i think confidence is the key word if you go down that roster and you look at the three point shooters they got you know when you just look at it that way you say i don't mind that guy taking a shot I don't mind him taking a shot the the issue is I think they've got to get out of their own way a little bit in that some of that mental head trash and have that short memory as a, as a shooter. And and as you know, I mean, like any sport, a team sport, it can be contagious. And, and right now, I think that's part of it. Now, with that said, that the glass out full is certainly, Hey, they shot it poorly. They couldn't make a free throw and they beat an SEC team by 20 points. You know, that, that tells you something right there that may, maybe their defense is elite enough to where their offense, as long as the offense is just below average consistently, uh, they can uh, take that next step. Because, you know, this, this program certainly, I would argue, has, has gotten over any any hump. It's just, to your point, trying to make that next step a deep run in March. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing sort of eluding um, uh, the, the Barnes era so far. But uh, – You know, I I, I think – I did like how they went inside a lot more last game because, to me, some of it is when they're missing shots from the perimeter and they just keep taking them, it's almost kind of like a a shooting team in denial sometimes. like, you know, hey, man, it it just didn't fall. And turn one down and get to the basket. I thought they made a conscious effort last game to be a more inside, first, outside, second type team.
1: You said this during the broadcast, Dane, but – who is Tennessee's best post player?
2: Well, you know, look, Fulkerson can certainly be be hot, and but right now with Kamwa, I think you've got you know option A one or one A, and then one B, you know, and you can flip flop them. I, I, but right now, the reason I gave Kamwa the nod is just a lot of it was more of seeing how to start a game. And to start the second half, Rick Barnes was trying to establish comwa down low. I mean, the first two plays of the first half, get it to calm Olivier. First two plays of the second half, get it to Olivier. So it's more than just looking at the stat line. And, yeah, Fulkerson's making shots. I love him, big fan of him, all those things. But inside that coach's locker room, I mean, you can see who, who they feel like they got to establish a post presence with and down low, who they have the most confidence with. Tom was playing over 30 minutes a game the past what three, four games, despite the foul trouble. Uh, other than the foul trouble the other night, and so um, look, can, can, can my position change on that with some of the ebbs and flows of the season? Yeah, but um, to me, right now, the the, the most confidence seems to lie within on the post play with him calm on. He's just got a better feel down low than he has in recent years. And by the way, when I say that, it's not a knock on Fulkerson yeah. or any other post player they got or Eurosh, but it's just, it's nice to have more than one option. Um, but it would be interesting. I mean, I've I referenced the start of the first and second half, but what happens if it's the end of the game and who you call him to play for? I don't know that we've seen that answer yet, but I would tend to think if you're trying to get a low post bucket, you know, based on what I've seen, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they threw it up for a down low.
3: Hey, Dane, it's, it's Ben. I wanted to ask you about Tennessee's offense kind of compared to some other offenses in the league. Uh, one gripe amongst Tennessee fans and in, in terms of getting over that hump that you mentioned uh, in March is also kind of getting over the hump against Alabama and auburn and lsu and and arkansas those teams have kind of had tennessee's number for for the most part when rick barnes while rick barnes has has been at tennessee what is kind of the difference in in offense that that those teams run compared to kind of what rick does and i mean do you look at rick's offense as needing to evolve to this new age style of of offense of, of getting up and down the floor or do you think it's more of an execution uh, issue for Tennessee.
2: I do think philosophically, you know, and that there are, you know, just some bad matchups uh, across the league and college basketball for your certain style of play. Um, and I think, you know, LSU, for example, with, with with their with their switching and and well for this year, um, with the way they switch and they defend. That made it tough, but again, you know, you go on the road, you, you make it a competitive game at the end, um, so it's not the end of the world. But I do think there's some matchups out there that just seem to bother Tennessee's offense. Um, and, and if I had to point to one thing, it would be less about the other team's offense and more about how teams are able to take Tennessee away out, of, uh, take Tennessee out of their stuff, which is a lot of passing, cutting. We talked about it before on this show. Tennessee is at their best when you know, 60 to 70% of their makes are off assisted passes. I mean, when they're cutting and moving and sharing the ball, it's a thing of beauty. But some of those teams are able to take Tennessee out of their stuff and force Tennessee to kind of be a one-on-one playmaking team. And if you look at Tennessee's roster right now, how many guys do you say, all right, if it's winding down the shot clock and we're not, and they're denying reversals, who can just break the defense down? You know, you kind of got to, Think about for a second. Yeah, Vaskovi can get in the lane. You know, is he a, is he elite at that? I don't know that that's his niche. He's capable. Uh, Chandler certainly has that uh, elite speed, but he's still trying to figure out things with, with Rick Barnes and what he wants. Um, and so, I, I think that's where teams can give Tennessee problems on the offensive end. Is where uh, they just force Tennessee not to be able to run their motion type type set. And that bothers them. But in terms of evolving, we've seen it this year. They've, they're shooting more threes um, and less mid-range. I think some of that's personnel and some of it is is, is, is evolving. Um, but, again, I think last game we saw a little bit more of a um, conscious effort to say, hey, wait a minute, we're falling in love with this three-point shot a little bit too much, and it's not that big of an advantage for us. I mean, they're shooting 32% from three on the year and their 3 point defense is 32%. So you're not getting like some huge advantage from the from the 3 point line right now.
1: Dane Bradshaw here in the Swain event Dane Bradshaw uh the best the best color uh in the world of sports just just go ahead and mark that down. Uh Dane what what are some things that stand out to you in a positive way about about this basketball team, you know, this year because uh, I look at it as um, there are some non-negotiables with, with coaches, basketball coaches, and I think some people think that, oh, you just – man, neglect yeah, – yeah, defense is good, but, man, we got to neglect defense and just worry about offense. Man, what does it matter? Like, I think people think that that guys should be playing that are not, that, that are not playing um, and they're just totally dismissing how, you know, intensity, defense, effort matters. Um, you've been around this league. Uh, as a as a as an analyst, you talk to other coaches you have played for, um, Bruce Pearl. What are some of those non-negotiables about earning playing time? And then also, what are some of the positive things you're seeing with this Tennessee basketball team?
2: Yeah, I think you know, especially for Rick Barnes, it's it's the defense, the energy, the communication. I mean, that's where it starts. He, he's got some tough-minded teams then. and, and um, we talked about it on the broadcast how. Uh, Tennessee really used Frank Martin, South Carolina's defensive team as a blueprint. Uh, and when we asked Frank Martin about it, he was flattered, but he said, Hey, look, I coached against Rick in the Big 12 when Frank was at big at, at Kansas State. Rick was at Texas. He said, those teams were always tough as nails defensively. So he goes, maybe we were a good example in the league for his new young team to, to look at, but. This is nothing new for Rick Barnes. And so um, I-, I thought that was interesting, just knowing some of those non-negotiables for, for Barnes. But uh, look, and I-, I get it because when you're following your home team, everything's under a microscope. You tend to focus on what, what you can't do instead of what you can do type stuff. Mm-hmm. But think about that ugly loss to Texas Tech. Texas Tech just beat Baylor, the number one team in the country, with that same type of stifling defense that's like, you know, that that's really made the Red Raiders competitive. They're uh, they're a top fifteen. They'll be a top ten team in the country. And you look at that, and you say, "Gosh, if Tennessee could have even just you know lucked up and made one or two shots." They, they, they've got that on their resume. They've shown they can beat Arizona. All of their losses um, have been away from home to top twenty five opponents. And even yeah, they have had some ugly wins. Well, you know what that. That's not a bad thing, and so. Uh, but again, last year you look at last year's team, which was built a lot differently. But the concern is, you didn't really know what you were going to get game in game out. You felt like you knew what you were going to get defensively, but offensively, you're like, all right, where are they going to go? Mm-hmm. You know, and and this year, even though they're built differently and and a little bit different strategically with the threes, less mid range. That's the concern is you don't really know what you're going to get game in, game out. Uh, but that concern is mitigated some by their uh, elite defense they're
3: showing. Dane, being around Tennessee the last couple of days, I don't know how much time you got to spend with them or how much practice you got to watch before calling the game on Tuesday night. But uh, did you get the sense that Kennedy Chandler is is kind of nearing, taking that next step you, you mentioned that he's still trying to figure some things out. And I think we can certainly see that on the floor, that he's trying to take it to that next level. Do you get the sense that maybe he's close to doing so?
2: Uh, Honestly, um, not not yet. I don't. And that that doesn't mean that that he won't get there. But I think they're, what, four games into conference play? That's a lot to learn in league play um, in a short amount of time. So – I don't think that light is going to come on that quickly. And, and you still saw him coming in and out of the game some for, for Ziegler over things Barnes was, was upset about last game. Um, by no means does that mean I, I've given up on I'm a huge Kennedy Chandler fan and I know they were diving into the game film with him yesterday, not, not just with the team, but with Chandler individually. And so I, I think that that next step will come. I, I'd be lying if I said, hey, I see it coming right. Um, But what can be interesting is we've seen this with other players where all of a sudden it's not just like evolving game by game, little baby steps, even though behind the scenes they're making those improvements. Sometimes they just have a big-time game, and all of a sudden the light is on for the rest of the season. And so you do wonder on the big stage against Kentucky on Saturday where you're going to have to have your – your best athletes on the court, is that one of those games where Rick Barnes is in the post-game press conference and says, boy, number one really grew up tonight, yada, yada, and and then they just take off from there. And mm-hmm. I don't know that that's going to be this game or the next game or early February. I don't know, but I, I can envision that happening. Uh, just hard to predict
1: when. Dang, last question, man, before we get you out of here. Thank you so much for your time. Um what is it going to take to beat Kentucky, this year's Kentucky team? Tennessee has been successful against Kentucky. Uh, it's, it's, it's been it's been really weird how Tennessee has had Kentucky's number since Rick Barnett has been here. This matchup doesn't seem as confident for some Tennessee fans, but what is it going to take for Tennessee to get this win? You mentioned the Texas Tech game. You mentioned Arizona game. So this team is more than capable of beating the top teams in the country. What is it going to take on Saturday?
2: They've, they've got to find a way to maybe not win on the interior, but just tie mm. and don't get dominated. Mm. Uh, Kentucky's got a kid, Oscar Sheebway. He's the best round rebounder I've, I've ever seen in, in the league, in college basketball. He's up there for player of the year, and he's not just a bull and a china shop guy. He's very graceful with it, and, and he's got a finesse yet power to his game really really good big man so um he's averaging 15 16 rebounds a game so you got to do a couple things to you know one who can maybe accept that challenge keep them off the glass but two know, go at them i mean calipari's a coach like many that he's going to put their player on the bench if he gets two fouls in the first half if you can get two fouls on them pretty quickly and do some design plays where you where you try to get a hip check type thing or, or go at them in the post um then, then he might be sitting for the next 15 minutes. So uh, that, that's where you you, you got to find a way. And, you know, mayor Pearl used to tell us when we were going up against a big man like Shibwe, whoever Shibwe's backup is, which is, uh, I don't know, I think a guy, you know, depending on who they play, Lance Ware, you probably hadn't heard of him, right? So he'd say, hey, it's, it's our five against their five. You know, and so how can you win that combined matchup as opposed to, saying, oh boy, David and Goliath, I don't know how we're going to do this. And, and that's I think one of the mindsets that Tennessee has to has to have. is, Alright, between Eurosh, uh, uh Kamwa, even Josiah James might get some of that on there. It's hey, it, it's our big against their one big. And we can win that matchup collectively.
1: I like that, man. I like it. Let's get him in foul trouble. Let's do it, man. That's what Alabama was able to do with Auburn's big man there. Um, so, Foul trouble. That's the that's that's I like. See that. See that's why we had you on, Dane. That's why you the best, man. I, that, that's why you the best, Dane. You the man. Everybody
2: loves a good uh, foul trouble free throw uh, debate. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
1: So, well, so, so
2: it's, a, it's a big opportunity for the Vols. I think they got a good chance, but uh, Kentucky this year is a little bit different, though. They, they don't shoot a ton of threes, but they can make them. It's not like years past where you can just sag back and they're going to go, you know, one for twenty. So they're they're different.
1: So so when we get him in foul trouble and then you know we in one on one, what what do we do about making those free throws? You got any answers there? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that.
2: Yeah, I got I got nothing. So that, that's where any of my expertise. You just look at my career uh, field goal and free throw percentage, and you'll you'll realize you need to find another guest.
1: <laughs> we'll have to call Chris Lofton on that one, man. About shooting free throws, I guess. <laughs> that's right. I'll, right, I'll give the assist to Lofton. So my expertise. <laughs> Hey, man. Dane, thanks so much for your time, man. Really appreciate it, man. Thank you. Take care, guys. Dane Bradshaw, ESPN SEC Network here in the Swain event. Oh man. I, hey. Ben? What's wrong, man? Why you why you, you don't you, you, you sick? You, you got sicker? What what's wrong, man? You okay?
3: <laughs> when 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 Urosh was the first name mentioned out of the gate to stop Oscar Shiboy.
1: No, he said it's the, a uh, team it's a it's a team effort with know, all the I big know. men. That's what D- he,
3: Dane's answer was great but the the first First part of the answer triggered me.
1: Man, i i
3: i, I, I looked at I looked into the future and saw Uros Garden, Oscar Shebe, and I didn't see good things.
1: We got to throw different guys at him, man. I mean, Uros is going to bring a uh, you know different element. He he this got long arms. He's
3: tall. No, no, I've been calling for Uros to start a brawl because he plays with so much emotion. For. For Weeks now, this is going to be the game that Uro starts a brawl with Oscar Sheepway.
1: I'm here with, I'm here for. I think we need to get Uro's on the phone with Jonathan Wade, and Jonathan Wade can teach Uro's how to bait the opponent into a personal foul or, you know, getting caught, hitting back second, and getting ejected. Jay Wade did this in 2004 against Dallas Baker in the Florida game. Uh, Florida had the lead. It was, it was, you know, third, down, something like that. And Jay wade you know, hit Dallas Baker. Dallas Baker hit Jay wade back, but the ref saw Dallas Baker. It forced Florida to have to, you know, punt it. And we got the ball back. Will Wilhoite kicked the field goal to win the game. The real star of that game, the real MVP was Jonathan Wade. We need to teach Uros to do the same thing against Asuka. Asuka, hit him
3: first. It's, it's tricky, though, because they'll go to the, to the replay and review it and see that. Urosh was doing doing stuff too and he, he may have hit first so they'll eject him too.
1: Ben, but that's okay. If both guys get ejected, Tennessee wins on that on that transaction right there.
3: Do you not remember that uh, Urosh was the main post player against LSU?
1: Time to go to break. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant in America. Big thanks to Dane Bradshaw, I don't know what you're talking about, Ben. We will take a quick time out, so an event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. I'm Vince Moore, Wide Receiver, BFL 1991, and you're listening to The Swain Event.
0: In this day and age, the way we work is changing and evolving. Businesses still moving forward despite your work location changing and supply shortages affecting a number of different areas. Office furniture is not immune to the halt in the supply chain. This is why Office Furniture Outfitters has purchased desks, chairs, and tables in bulk to provide you with in-stock options for your place of business, no matter if it's in an office building or at your house. Office Furniture Outfitters is the local supplier for Herman Miller, and they keep Aeron chairs in stock. They will come to your office, lay out, and make recommendations. No project is too big or too small. You can visit them on location at 17th Street and Grand Avenue in the Fort Sanders area or online at OFONOX.com. Or give them a call at 865-524-3003. Office Furniture Outfitters, providing East Tennessee's biggest selection and best value for office furniture since 1995.
1: If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Steven Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the Big Orange Action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill, or call 865-693-5400. You don't have to take an L just because you can't listen to the Swain event live. You can catch up on the podcast posted daily on the app, online, and on iTunes. Whoa, man. Good stuff from Dane Bradshaw. SEC Network, wow, good stuff from him as always. Uh, great questions from you, Ben. 865 six five two 3 I'm a little more confident in the game now that I talk to Dane. I'm not going to lie. I, like, I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not joking. I'm a little bit more confident, just a little bit, talking to, talking to Dane. Ice, I, huh? Why? Because I saw Walker Kessler be non existent because he got in foul trouble early. Now, other guys stepped up, but to force other players to do that would be ideal for Tennessee. You know, Dane Brashaw um, mentioned that, I mean, this, this dude right now is a player of the year candidate. They ain't call him the best rebound he's ever seen in SEC basketball. That's unbelievable. So the foul trouble could be something that can benefit benefit Tennessee in a huge way if we're able to get that done in the first, you know, ten minutes of the game.
3: It certainly could. I just don't have any confidence in shots falling or free throws being made.
1: Yeah, you gotta have that too, man. You gotta have that too. Ain't no doubt about that, man. No doubt about that. You gotta have Tennessee
3: that. is truly capable of beating anybody and losing to anybody. And it's so frustrating. And when when you are so inconsistent in that way, it's hard to have confidence that you can win on any given night.
1: Yeah. I would. Oh, sorry about that, NC Val Did not see that question about um, asking his opinion on Kelly Kelly Harper. I, I didn't get a chance to look at the text box until just right now. But, man, I know what he was going to say. It's like what, what all of us would say. Right? I mean, she's doing an awesome job. He probably would say it a lot better and explain it a whole lot better than I would. But, I mean, Tennessee, Lady Vols, are top top five in the country. Their players are playing hard and having fun. Able to do this without Ray today. Burrell. Huh?
3: They're in uh, Nashville tonight, taking on Vanderbilt at nine o'clock Eastern.
1: I don't know, Ben. That was that was a good Vanderbilt. I don't, I'm questioning if you really are sick. I think you just didn't want to come in and see me today. Well, that was that, a good. One. I, that is
3: true. I did not want to see you today, but uh, that's pretty I, good. If if you can't tell that I don't feel bad, then something's wrong with you. I can't breathe. <laughs> I can't breathe out of my nose.
1: No, I can tell you can't breathe out your nose. Know I can tell.
3: I, I thought I was gonna die during my first question of the day. I, I was just
1: get it out, get it out, get it out. <laughs> oh man, yeah, Kelly Harper should be leading candidate for Coach of the Year. To do what she has done without Ray Burrell is remarkable. You know who will not be Coach of the Year? Gino. Gino will not be Coach of the Year. Alex says, about to beat Vandy's A-double-S. Those are facts. (laughs) It's about to be ugly. The women are
3: going to do it tonight. The men are going to do it on Tuesday.
1: For sure. Volfan says, the Texas Tech versus Baylor game made me confident that we can definitely beat anyone with our stifling defense. It may be the point in the season where we just have to embrace winning ugly. Fall fan says uh, Chi Wei truly seems like a really great kid. Anyone trying to fight him is just going to look like a double S. I mean, you ain't got to try to fight him. You just try to get under his skin. It's one thing to try to really fight a, a, a opponent. You ain't doing that, but I man, you can you can be a, you can be a pest. You can get under their skin. You can force them to you know push and extend their arms and pick up a foul and. You know, play a little bit outside of their, you know, their their capabilities. If they're frustrated, that's 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 more or less what we're talking about. There, ball fan, we ain't trying to start no real fight. I think Ben was joking. At least I hope so. I mean, he he has been a real aggressive ever since Memphis started winning. I don't know, man. I don't know. Like all, Maybe he was. All for real. I know
3: is if uh, if I'm back to feeling good by Saturday and can make the trip up there, I better not see Matt Jones outside. That's all I know. <laughs>
1: He's he he seems like the guy that will call the police on you as as soon as you start talking aggressively. I
3: I better not see <laughs> those those Kentucky fans that tried to fight those Tennessee fans outside of Mighty Kroger Field.
1: When that a couple happened years ago, oh a remember couple that? years ago, oh yeah, remember but, that video? Yeah, I remember. I remember the Kentucky fan didn't want that smoke. That's right. I bet. I better not see him. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember that. I I don't want to have to
3: whoop that trick. (laughs) Uh,
1: Volfan says that Uros is eventually going to start a fight. Oh, yeah. He is eventually going to
3: happen. 1,000%. And it's going to be Saturday. That environment inside of racist Rupp Arena, Oscar Shibwe, big physical dude. Uros is going to be too emotional, trying to do too much, and he's going to go all Serbian on him. And next thing you know, it's going to be like the Jokic brothers situation, and like 10 of Urosh's family members are, are going to be sitting courtside.
1: Yeah, Jokic had enough that one game. He had enough, and like he was ready. Like he he swung on the opponent and everything. I, I, can, I can see that happening. Urosh Uros was about the energy LSU. Like Urosh was, was, was ready. And I was like, Urosh, do you know where you are right now? Urosh, you're not at home. This is not Thompson Bowling Arena. This is not the place to be super aggressive. Like, are you are you serious right now? Uros, look around. This is the last place you need to be doing this at. Uros don't care, man. Uros don't care.
3: That was the game in, in which uh Damian Fishback was talking about Serbia, wasn't it?
1: Yes, because he had played there for a year. <laughs> and he was asked he was about like, uh... you know his time there. He was like, Yeah, I was there one year, I had to get up out of there. Like, yeah, you
3: know You don't want to mess with those folks. They're crazy. Yeah, that's all you could talk about all game long. Is how how crazy Serbians are?
1: I knew Uros was half crazy when uh, I saw him against LSU. Like
3: I knew, I knew Uros was crazy
1: last year. When? What part? What what point? All of it. Now Saturday against LSU solidified that for me because uros uros had that has the energy a lot at home when well, he got his his oh. big orange family around him but so like did
3: uh did you did you see uh him flex at the crowd the other night against south carolina
1: no i didn't I ain't catch that part do you remember
3: the santiago Vascovi layup i believe it was it was somewhat in transition it wasn't a full-on fast break but it was it was in transition and Uros boxed out the South Carolina defender and kind of cleared the path in the lane yes that was great
1: that That was great that was
3: awesome yeah and and then South Carolina called a timeout right there and Uros had already gone back down to the other end of the floor (laughs) and as he was walking back to the Tennessee timeout or the Tennessee huddle he flexed for the crowd. He put up both his arms and flexed for the crowd and was doing the little shrug, like a uh, get off me type mm-hmm. of shrug. It, it was pretty funny for- after he uh, cleared cleared the path for Vescovy to get to the rim.
1: He did all that for a scream? Yes, for a <laughs> scream. And he turned, he turned around he like this.
3: He, he, flexed. <laughs> he was flexing with both arms to the crowd. And then and then after he got done flexing, he was like shrugging, shrugging his shoulders, like get off me and like "You." <laughs> like I said, I said was the best up. screen in the world.
4: I'm the <laughs> toughest screen on the earth.
3: <laughs> uh, he
1: cleared out the lane against South Carolina. <laughs> I love it, man. But the, but but that's at home, Ben. That's when you got back up. You can do all that when you got backup. Ugros was really trying to fight everybody at LSU. Well,
3: there's that there's that one game earlier this year in which the the ref had to yell at him because he came in on the pile, <laughs> like <laughs> late. He pulled a Cade Mays and hit somebody <laughs> off the pile or on the pile. He definitely has late. Cade Mays energy. Yes, <laughs> yes. He like dropped an elbow on somebody like he was in the WWE. No, you know he, the 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 NCAA or uh, WWE has been signing NCAA athletes to NIL deals and potential uh, WWE deals, I think Urosh should be great for the WWE.
1: He has K-Maze energy, but he really has Jeremy Banks energy. He has Jeremy Banks energy, for sure. <laughs> he has k Mays,
3: Jeremy Banks, and Derek Barnett energy We're all wrapped it. up into one. I
1: love it, man.
3: He would be great for the WWE. Like uh the great Kali, we could have the great Uros.
1: <laughs> VFL 16 says Uro, Uros is Serbian. They don't give a flip. He probably grew up wrestling bears.
3: <laughs>
1: hey, Chris Evolve for Life says Uros was talking big stuff to them LSU players. I love it. I'm telling you, I loved it too, man. Uros forgot he was. Uros was like Rocky. I forgot what number it was when he went uh, and fought uh, Drago. Like, Rocky wasn't doing all that talking like he was in his homeland, his home turf. Rocky was the away team. He knew he had to you know, keep his damn mouth closed and just and go fight. Uros did not know that he was in another country, basically, at LSU. He had no clue. He thought he was at home. He thought he had his big orange family to back him up. He did not. And oh, he's gonna
3: man. do the same thing this weekend in Lexington. I love it, man.
1: I I love it. I love it. I like the toughness. I like the edge. I just want him to rebound and play um and, and back up that talk. That's what I want. And when
3: and when you catch the ball under the rim, go up and dunk it. With I want two hands. dunks.
1: I want dunks Hang on now. the rim. Yeah, I want dunks. No more layups. I want dunks.
3: Remember the King's flex brawl from a couple of years ago.
1: The Kansas, uh, you said Basketball. the Kansas Kansas, Kansas, Kansas State. Yeah. How can you forget? Uh, it?
3: Uros is the type to grab a chair and just try to whack somebody with it, like that Kansas player.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. He 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 would go, Brent, Brent Michaels or somebody. Yeah, he would do that. He would do that. Yeah, for sure. Kevin in Houston says Uros was like Rocky and Rocky Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. D'Arvols says Rocky Four was the best one. Yeah, yeah. I must crush you. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Now I'm ready, man. What's today, Thursday? Oh my god, Friday's gonna be crazy.
3: Friday, well, what, we might be predicting be a
1: Tennessee win by 20, huh?
3: Well, I don't know about all that. But, I'm just saying, uh, man. Uh, what's Dang. Gonna be funny is when, when Uroch is, is boxing with somebody, little old Zakai Ziegler comes in and like jumps on somebody's back and is like wrestling them on on their back and like punching them, punching them in their side.
1: Hey, Zakai has the voice of someone that's seven foot two. The voice—he sounds like he' big. I think he is the 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 second
3: person on the team that I would least want to to fight with. Urosh would be number one, and then I think Zakai would be number two.
1: Hey, man. Love me some Zakai. I can't. I can't see. I can't wait to see how we uh, match up this weekend, man. I, after Dane's advice, and now thinking about Uros, Um LSU. I think we can provoke some players from Kentucky to, to get in trouble. I think we can do it. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> Riley Voss's Zakai got Uros's voice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh man. All right. Hour number three. We'll talk to uh, James Claus of Aspire Sports. And we're going to get all up in this NIL, man. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I've, I've watched James and the crew over there, Aspire, you know, build this thing in the last couple of months. And I've just been waiting on the right time to bring him on. Waiting on the right time. And this is the right time. Damn, man, why are you so close to the camera, man? Back up. I've <laughs> yeah, waited on the right time so this is this is the right time this is the right time we're gonna we're gonna have a good time um, you know talking Tennessee football and, and how everyone can can participate and help and what they are doing what they have done what's the plans and you know, we're gonna have a nice conversation we're gonna take some some great uh, questions from the text box that'd be the best way if you want you know your questions to be asked to to James and the text box is the best way uh, to do it. Uh, we were going to have we we're going to have James on uh, on, on a, uh, a video interview today, but <sighs> since Ben's immune system is weak, is um, I just say weak. I won't I won't go there. But it, you since got, Ben's you got immune-
3: sick before I did, so I I wouldn't throw out shots if I were you.
1: Dude, I was I was um, I was sick. But I didn't get sick on a day where we had Dane Bradshaw and James Clawson for Spire Sports, man. Your immune system got bad timing. And
3: and last I checked, I didn't have to take an an entire day off like you did. I know, right? I know. And at, also last time I checked, you could have multiple people on Zoom.
1: Yeah, but too much going on, man. There's already a lot going on to to do what we're doing right now. I got like one two three. Four. I got like seven things in front of me, different buttons and stuff like that. That's a whole another another layer of um, things to do. So I want to make have sure you
3: kept that, your, uh, your your kids home from school today and put them to work.
1: You no, know, I need them at school. I need them. I need my time. They was <laughs> they was home. Christmas break, and they were home all week last week um, because of you know quarantining and all that. So I they need to be at school. Man, we good. We gonna have. James Clawson on the phone, and we we okay. We okay. Robert says Ben's immune system is worse than our free throw percentage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ben didn't like that. All right. Um, Ben's immune system is about as strong as J.J. Peterson's UT stats. Oh, man. I, I, I sense a being immune system thread going. I, I sense it. <laughs> Rodney I'm tired of you. He says when he jumped late on, <laughs> we all, we fly, we fly, we all fly. He didn't even say it right. It's what is it? I forgot. One no, I fly, we all fly. You fly, we no, all no, fly. No, one, 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 one fly, we all fly. yeah. One fly, we all fly. We both You're messed it up. I know I Rodney fly, definitely messed up. Fly. He says we fly, we all fly. That ain't how it goes, Rodney. It's one fly, we all fly. That's how, that's how you say it. <laughs> hey, man, we're going to get you feeling good with laughter, Ben. That's what we're going to do. Oh, goodness. Tennessee had a couple guys hit the transfer portal. Um, receiver, Anderson Kobe, K-Ron Calvert, offensive lineman. Wish those guys are back, the best. But it's time to replace. Recruit to replace. JG, oh my gosh. DR Voss says Ben's immune system is like JG. Too many jokes in there to explain. Ben's immune system is about as strong as Andy's rap lyrics. Ben's immune system is about as strong as Andy's rap lyrics. All right. And now y'all, now y'all hitting low. Now y'all hitting low now. <laughs> JG and, and Andy, y'all hitting low now, man. Thanks to the <laughs> Thanks to Dr. Vol for one of those. 865-255-03. <laughs> Hour 3 is coming up, man. I'm looking forward to this conversation, guys. I'm looking forward to the conversation about the NIL. There's a lot of schools right now that don't have what, what Tennessee has in place. Now, when I'm not talking about the University of Tennessee. I'm talking about a group like Spire Sports. That is here to benefit Tennessee. Not a lot of schools have what we got going on. Now, that's not to say that Tennessee is like the leader in NIL. That's not to say that other schools don't have things you know, probably set up better with more funds. I'm not sitting here saying Tennessee is number one. But I do like, I do like where we are. Um, big, big the big reason for that is Spire Sports. Our three. Come on up.